You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy friends. I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. With the 2020 Major League season in the books, we've got some analysis to do before the playoffs start on Tuesday. Today, look at Fantasy Value All-Stars and then season-ending power rankings to provide a bit of a guideline before we head into the postseason. Let's start with Fantasy Value All-Stars. On Friday's podcast, went through the All-Stars, who I guess you would say were the, the raw best players by position. But in the case of fantasy value, we're looking at guys who, you know, maybe you drafted a little bit later, picked up off waivers, and, and delivered uh, big numbers for you. Uh, because, you know, relative value uh, holds just as much appeal uh, in fantasy as the, the overall uh, value in terms of trying to build your team. So, started at catcher with Travis Darnot. Uh, the Atlanta Braves, nine home runs, 34 RBIs, a 321 batting average. And now we're dealing with this shortened season, a 60-game season. You know, you look at nine home runs and 34 RBIs, and, and what does that count? Well, you know, on pace, you know, it, it would be more than two and a half times. And so two and a half times for Darno, you're looking at like 23 home runs, 85 RBIs, hitting 321. That's a pretty great season for a catcher. Uh, and that's sort of the ballpark uh, of what kind of numbers he was putting up for the Braves this year. Put him ahead of Salvador Perez mostly because Perez was expected to be a, a good hitter for uh, uh, the Royals this season. It turned out he was actually great, uh, and I had hit, uh, Perez as my, as my all-star catcher. Uh, now at first base, uh, New York Yankees first baseman Luke Voigt had 22 home runs, 52 RBIs, hit 277. Uh, take him just ahead of Dominic Smith, Brandon Belt, a couple of guys who kind of quietly had really strong seasons. Uh, second base, Tampa Bay's Brandon Lau. 14 home runs, 37 RBIs, hit 269. Take him ahead of like Wilmer Flores, maybe. Um, you know, Lau didn't have huge expectations coming into the year, but uh, he definitely put up big numbers for the Rays. Uh, at shortstop, uh, Atlanta's Dansby Swanson. I, I generally am looking for guys who are kind of, you know, ranked 200 or above in um, in the preseason, and Swanson was just a little bit under that, but uh, his production was. was uh, pretty exceptional compared to his uh, his preseason ranking. He scored 49 runs, uh, hit 10 home runs, 35 RBIs, stole five bases, and hit 274. And, you know, for a guy you could get pretty late in your draft, uh, that's nice value. I'll give him just ahead of Jose Iglesias, who who missed a bunch of time with injuries, uh, but you could have got Iglesias at any time off the waiver wire, and, and he hit 373 this year. Um, third base, Seattle's Kyle Seeger. Nine home runs, 40 RBIs, scored 35 runs, stole five bases, and hit 241. Uh, that's a pretty nice season. Uh, or the veteran third baseman, maybe a slight edge over, uh, say, Brian Anderson uh, of the Marlins. Uh, now for some outfielders, uh, San Diego's Will Myers. It, you know what? Coming into the season, there was some you know question whether Myers was going to have a regular uh, spot in in the outfield for the Padres, but. Uh, not much question now. He had 15 home runs, 40 RBIs, hit 288, scored 34 runs. Uh, pretty much a complete performance. Uh, 
and you could have got him, you know, relatively inexpensively. Uh, San Francisco's Mike Yastrzemski, 10 home runs, 35 RBIs, hit 297 with 39 runs scored. You know, coming into the season, I think expectations were pretty modest for Yastrzemski. He was a late bloomer uh, coming into the league last year as a 28-year-old. Who could really expect him to uh, kind of get even better uh, at age 29? And, and he did. Uh, and Toronto, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, 16 home runs, 34 RBIs, hit 289, 33 runs scored. Uh, for all the other exciting bats in the Blue Jays lineup, I, I think Hernandez uh, could have been easily overlooked coming into the season. Uh, you mash 16 home runs in a 60-game season, and uh, you know you announce your presence pretty clearly. Now, a few other outfielders kind of under consideration, I would say. Uh, Trent Grisham for San Diego, uh, really taking... Uh, advantage of his everyday role. A.J. Pollock for the Dodgers, uh, one of his best seasons in a while. Uh, Kyle Lewis for Seattle, uh, who had you know, played a little bit at the end of last season, but really uh, erupted uh, in the 2020 season. Uh, and a couple more, Cole Calhoun uh, for Arizona. Not much batting average, but he did hit 16 home runs. And my, my favorite daily fantasy uh, recommendation, I think, for the year was Dylan Moore uh, in Seattle, who played outfield and, and some at second base, some at third base. You know, they moved him around, but uh, <laughs> and he had no expectations really uh, coming into the season. So he turned out to be a really nice uh, addition. Now, uh, the value pitchers. And we'll start with Milwaukee's Corbin Burns. Uh, started in the bullpen, uh, and he only won four games, but he had a 2.11 ERA, a 1.02 whip, struck out 88 in 59 and two-thirds innings. Uh, that's pretty great. Uh, and given the expectations, uh, that probably makes him the, the ace of the fantasy value all-star pitchers. Uh, Cleveland, Zach Plesak, who may be best known for his uh, his COVID violation early in the season, but uh, was incredibly effective. Uh, he, he won four games, but he had 2.28 ERA and a 0 0.80 whip. Uh, struck out 57 in 55 and a third innings. It was, it was like a real breakthrough season for Plesak, uh, even if his, uh, if his COVID judgment might have been a little shaky early in the year. Uh, Seattle's Marco Gonzalez, uh, the de facto ace of, of the Mariners staff, kind of lived up to expectations there. I, I, I think, you know, coming into the year, you wouldn't have expected a whole lot, uh, but he's, you know, the opening day starter, the guy who uh, is the most proven arm on the staff, and he goes out and wins seven games as a 3.10 ERA, 0.95 whip, and struck out 64 in 69 and two-thirds innings. He's not a huge strikeout guy, but, you know, he got pretty close there to, to a strikeout per inning. Uh, and another one for San Diego, Zach Davies, had seven wins, 2.73 ERA, 1.07 whip. And he's like Gonzalez, uh, 63 strikeouts and 69 and a third innings. He's not quite a strikeout printing guy, uh, but uh, the rest of the numbers are, are pretty great. Uh, and you know what? The, the Angels' Dylan Bundy, uh, who knew what you would get out of him coming out of Baltimore? I think expectations were that he had to be better than what he's been the past few seasons in Baltimore, and he was. Uh, Bundy won six games, had a 3.29 ERA, 1.04 whip, struck out 72 in 65 and two-thirds innings. Um, I think that's, for the Angels, that would probably be best best-case scenario. I mean, he even started better than that, faded a little bit as the season went on, but the overall performance... Uh, was as good as they could have reasonably hoped for. A uh, handful of other pitchers uh, to consider that uh, you know you could have got very inexpensively at the start of the season, and they, and they provided some good results. Kevin Gosman uh, in San Francisco, Chris Bassett in Oakland, uh, Framber Valdez uh, for Houston, Adam Wainwright uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. Who would expect 39-year-old Adam Wainwright to uh, deliver a strong season? And Brad Keller, the Kansas City Royals, not a big strikeout guy, uh, but a 2.47 ERA, 1.02 whip, uh, that, that'll play. 
so now let's uh, look to the bullpen on the Fantasy Value All-Stars, and we'll start with Trevor Rosenthal, uh, who was traded to San Diego uh, from Kansas City, finished the year with a 1.90 ERA, 0.85 whip, saved 11 games, struck out 38 and 23 and two-thirds innings. Uh, given some injury trouble over the past few years, uh, Rosenthal basically announced he's back uh, as a uh, legit closing option at the end of games. Uh, and another one is Chicago Cubs' Jeremy Jeffress, uh, who, who, you know, a veteran who's been a setup guy for most of his career, but uh, he also closed uh, for the Cubs, and he had a 1.54 ERA, 0.94 whip, saved eight games. Now, he only struck out 17 and 23 and a third, but uh, still very effective. Uh, a few other relievers um, that would have exceeded their uh, preseason value, Devin Williams from Milwaukee. He didn't save uh, games, but uh, the rest of his numbers were just silly. Um, and and kind of who who knows where this is going to lead for uh, the future, but I think expectations will be much higher for Devin Williams next season. Uh, Greg Holland, uh, the veteran closer, ended up uh, kind of resuming the role in Kansas City after Rosenthal got traded, and, and Holland was still really effective. And Daniel Bard, uh, you know, out of baseball for uh, seven years, and then uh, ends up closing games for the Colorado Rockies. So. Um, that's sort of the story of, of fantasy baseball and relief pitchers is that uh, you never quite know where the, the value is going to lie. So coming up next, uh, we'll look at season-ending power rankings, going through all 30 teams, a bit of a baseline heading into the postseason. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have a bunch of great flavors. My favorites are the peanut butter chocolate and salted caramel, but they're all low-fat, low-carb, high-protein, all in a convenient bar. I've been trying to shed quarantine pounds at a boot camp for the past couple of months, and eh, I'm having a bit of success. But I leaned right into it with Built Bar as part of my post-workout routine. Gives my muscles the protein boost they need. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com, and use promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your next order. And enjoy the best protein bar on the planet. So now that the 2020 Major League Baseball season is complete, let's run down a 30-to-1 power rankings uh, at the end of this season and heading into the playoffs. Well, starting at number 30, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Didn't really seem like they were trying to win this year, and they didn't. Even Josh Bell, maybe the one guy in the lineup that you would think uh, would be okay, he struggled. And so the Pirates had the worst record by uh, quite a margin in, in such a short season. Uh, Number 29, the Texas Rangers. They have a difficult division, obviously, but they had basically no pitching beyond Lance Lynn, and their lineup was brutal. They didn't have a regular with an OPS over 750. Uh, 28, the Detroit Tigers. A lineup full of holes, but there were a few surprises. Jamer Candelario, Willie Castro, Jacoby Jones, but they basically had no starting pitching. Spencer Turnbull was maybe respectable with a 3.97 ERA, 1.34 whip, but (laughs) that's the area to address for the Tigers. Number 27 here is one of the Diamondbacks. I thought they'd be better. Uh, Zach Gallon uh, was good at the top of the rotation. Merrill Kelly was uh, good in a handful of starts before he got hurt. Uh, but Madison Bumgarner really struggled. Uh, Robbie Ray, Luke Weaver, they all got hit hard. Cole Calhoun was basically the only power threat in their lineup. Uh, it was definitely a disappointing season for the Diamondbacks. Number 26, the Boston Red Sox. Look, pitching was thought to be disastrous coming into the year, especially after Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, was diagnosed with COVID, uh, and it was. It was disastrous. Uh, They didn't have nearly enough offensively to make up for it either. Uh, Rafael Devers struggled for the first month. It was a tough year for J.D. Martinez. Andrew Benintendi missed most of the season. Uh, 
these were hard times for the Red Sox. And, and you know, the, the trade of Mookie Betts didn't uh, cause all the problems for the Red Sox, but it certainly didn't help. Uh, number 25, the Seattle Mariners, who I think were a little bit better than expected. Uh, Kyle Lewis and Dylan Moore and Kyle Seeger uh, gave the, the lineup a little bit of life. Uh, but the pitching rotation was, I think, surprisingly effective. Marco Gonzalez and Justice Sheffield and Justin Dunn, Yusei Kikuchi, uh, Taiwan Walker before they traded him to Toronto. Uh, Nick Margavicious uh, came into that rotation late, and they gave uh, the Mariners a, a chance to be competitive. And so uh, put them at 25, but I think coming into the season, I had them lower than that. Uh, 24, the Baltimore Orioles, also better than I had expected. Uh, Anthony Santander, Jose Iglesias, Ryan Mountcastle, Renato Nunez, Gave the lineup a bit of pop, uh, but it was a patchwork pitching staff. Tommy Malone was the Orioles' ace uh, before he was dealt to Atlanta, uh, which I think that might tell you all you need to know about uh, the status on the mound for the Orioles. So uh, if they're going to move up from 24, uh, the area to improve is definitely on the mound. Uh, 23, the Colorado Rockies. Uh, They started the season really well. They went 11-3, but uh, collapsed, uh, going 15-31 the rest of the way. Uh, Shortstop Trevor Story was... Uh, productive, but it was a down season for Nolan Arenado. Um, Charlie Blackman was decent, uh, but he's usually better than decent. And so uh, the Rockies just, you know, a disappointment, but uh, not altogether unexpected, I suppose. Uh, Now, for unexpected, how about 22, the Washington Nationals, who had a miserable title defense? I mean, Juan Soto was amazing. Trey Turner was excellent. But Steven Strasburg pitched a total of five innings. Max Scherzer lost a bit. Patrick Corbin lost a lot. Uh, and the depth behind them just wasn't there. And so uh, the Nationals went from uh, World Series champs to to way, way out of it. Uh, 21, the Kansas City Royals. They didn't have enough pop in their lineup, but it wasn't terrible. Uh, and the pitching staff showed some promise. Brad Keller was great, uh, maybe unsustainably so, but uh, sometimes you get that in a 60-game season. Uh, and rookies Brady Singer and Chris Bubich uh, gave the Royals some hope for the future. Uh, number 20, uh, the New York Mets they had some decent performances. Robinson Cano, Michael Conforto, Dominic Smith, they all had good years, uh, but they didn't have enough pitching behind Jacob deGrom, uh, even though rook- rookie uh, lefty David Peterson uh, gave them a little bit of help there, but uh, it wasn't enough. Uh, number 19, the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, they struggled early, uh, and despite I- improvement as the season went on, the, that early hole was too deep for them to get out. Um, Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon, they could hit. Uh, but not enough of the others uh, did. Shohei Otani was awful at the plate, though not as bad as he was in two starts on the mound, so that, that really hurt. Uh, Dylan Bundy, Griffin Canning, Andrew Heaney gave them kind of a respectable core to their rotation, uh, but all in all, a disappointing year for the Angels. At number 18, the Milwaukee Brewers. Hey, the Brewers are in the playoffs. Christian Yelich is recovering from a horrific start to the season, uh, but he still finished hitting two, uh, 205. Um, the bullpen is legitimately great. And they have Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns atop the rotation, though Burns was hurt at the end of the season. If if you have Woodruff and Burns going and the bullpen is great, you never know. The Brewers might be able to pull off an upset. Uh, but they kind of need their uh, their star hitters to, to perform like star hitters. Number 17, the San Francisco Giants, whose lineup was shockingly effective. Uh, Brandon Belt and Donovan Solano and Alex Dickerson and uh, Wilmer Flores, Mike Yastrzemski. They had some guys who, who hit. Uh, but the pitching wasn't quite where it needed to be, which I think comes as a bit of a surprise. Kevin Gosman was good, and Drew Smiley and Trevor Cahill, the veterans, they were pretty effective when given a chance, but uh, Jeff Samarja was hurt. Johnny Cueto, Tyler Anderson, Logan Webb were kind of mediocre. Um, if they were, and if they had been better than that, like 
that, that might have been enough to get the Giants into the playoffs. But uh, I think the real surprise was how, how well they hit. At number 16, the St. Louis Cardinals. Not nearly enough power in the lineup. There are a lot of holes around Paul Goldschmidt and Brad Miller. Uh, and the rotation was strangely led by Adam Wainwright. Uh, Kwang Hyung Kim uh, was effective. Uh, he uh, was a reliever for a while and then uh, into the rotation. Jack Flaherty, who's supposed to be the real ace of the staff, struggled a bit. Um, and a late-season injury to Dakota Hudson uh, didn't help matters for the Cardinals, but uh, their lineup does need to be uh, a little more potent if they're going to do some damage in the playoffs. And number 15, the Miami Marlins. Uh, now, their lineup is kind of patched together. Um, Brian Anderson and Garrett Cooper and um, Miguel Rojas, Jesus Aguiar leading the way. That You know, no one there who strikes great fear into you. Uh, but their pitching staff is a little bit interesting. Uh, rookie Sixto Sanchez, Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez. Those guys give the Marlins a chance in a short series. You know, And uh, move on to number 14, the Philadelphia Phillies, who did not make the playoffs. Uh, they got a good year out of Bryce Harper. And rookie Alec Baum showed he he was ready to hit in the majors. Uh, and so the Phillies, they hit all right this year. But their bullpen just let them down, which is too bad. Uh, because, you know, their top, top of their rotation with Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, uh, Zach Eflin, uh, that was a pretty solid trio. If they had just got uh, decent decent a- a- effort out of the bullpen, uh, the Phillies might have uh, might have been a playoff team. Number 13, Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, the young bats are rounding into form. You know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Kevin Biggio, Bo Bichette, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Um, they're all they're all you know coming off pretty nice seasons. But they all, the Blue Jays also got production out of Randall Grichuk and Teoscar Hernandez. So. Uh, that lineup can can do some damage. Uh, Hyunjin Ru was a legit ace of the staff, and Taiwan Walker was a nice addition from Seattle. Matt Shoemaker is okay, I guess, but he's starting game one of the playoffs, and that, that seems iffy. Uh, number 12, the Cincinnati Reds. They're hitting 212 as a team, but they do have power. The pitching staff is a real strength. Trevor Bauer, Luis Castillo, and Sonny Gray gives the Reds a real good shot in a short series uh, if they can somehow manufacture offense. At number 11, the Houston Astros. If there was a chance the Astros were overconfident coming into this season, they should have been sufficiently humbled. Uh, George Springer was the only one with more than 10 home runs. And Springer, uh, Michael Brantley, and Kyle Tucker were the only hitters that you you would look at and say they didn't have disappointing seasons. Uh, What the the Astros have done well is cobble together a pretty decent rotation, even in the absence of Justin Verlander. Uh, Zach Greinke, Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, Lance McCullers Jr., and Jose Arquiti that should give the Astros a fighting chance. Uh, but, you know, given, say, expectations uh, for the past few seasons, a fighting chance is a real step back for the Astros. Number 10, the Tampa Bay Rays. This might seem low for one of the two 40-win teams in baseball this season, but the lineup is its only okay. Brandon Lau was great, and there were just holes in the lineup, and Austin Meadows, is a, who was their you know, best player a year ago, is, is among the injured. Uh, Late-season addition Randy Arrows Arena, Offers some some real help, uh, but can their pitching carry them? Uh, Tyler Glasnow, Blake Snell, Charlie Morton, Ryan Yarbrough, Josh Fleming. Maybe they can. Maybe that'll do it. But uh, you know, I, I was skeptical about the Rays lineup coming into the season, and at the end of the season, I'm still skeptical. Uh, number nine, the Oakland A's. An injury to third baseman Matt Chapman hurts uh, the lineup, to say nothing of their defense. Uh, but the lineup lacks power to begin with, and so losing Chapman's bat uh, could have an effect. Uh, Chris Bassett was shockingly effective as a starter. Uh, for the A's this year. Uh, the rest of their staff, Mike Fires, Jesus Luzardo, Sean Manaya, Frankie Montes, and Mike Miner, 
any of those guys can be good on any given day, but sometimes some days they can also be had. So uh, it'll be kind of hard to trust uh, this A's team, even though they they won 36 games. At number eight, Chicago White Sox. Now they have a dangerous lineup, uh, and this despite terrible seasons from Nomar Mazar and Edwin Encarnacion. Uh, the rotation with uh, Lucas Giolito, Dallas Keuchel, maybe rookie Dane Dunning uh, would round out their top three starters. Uh, Dylan Cease has been, was so-so. Uh, and the real issue for the White Sox is that they lost seven of eight to finish the regular season. Uh, before that, uh, everything looked to be all systems go for uh, for Chicago. So we'll... We'll, we'll see whether they can uh, reverse that uh, trend in the playoffs, but uh, the White Sox certainly took a real step forward this year, but uh, maybe half a step back late in the season. At number seven, the Atlanta Braves, who have an awesome lineup. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Zuna, uh, Travis Darnot, Dansby Swanson, Adam Duvall, they were all mashing. Um, but they have injuries to their pitching staff, and that could leave them in, in real trouble. Uh, who starts for them? Max Fried, rookie Ian Anderson, Maybe Kyle Wright. Uh, after that, we're getting uh, pretty dicey. Uh, and so uh, we'll have to see whether the Braves can slug their way uh, past some pitching trouble. Now, Chicago Cubs, who are probably a little bit better than I thought they would be this season, but a lot better than I thought they would be if you told me that Javier Baez and Chris Bryant would have awful seasons. Um, so, you know, credit to uh, the Cubs for doing that. Kyle Hend- Hendricks and Yu Darvish are... Uh, really strong one-two at the top of the rotation, but their depth isn't great. Um, you know, whether it's Alec Mills or uh, John Lester, you know, those are guys who can be had. Uh, and number five, the Minnesota Twins, who have a power-packed lineup, provided that you get Nelson Cruz and Josh Donaldson playing. They're both injured late in the year, um, and they upgraded their rotation a lot this season. Uh, getting Kenta Maeda and Rich Hill to join Jose Berrios and uh, back from suspension, Michael Pineda. You know, the Twins have a chance to contend. Uh, they, they certainly have the raw talent uh, if they put it all together. At number four, I've got the Cleveland Indians, and I don't know how I feel about this because admittedly they have some real holes in their lineup. Uh, with Francisco Lindor not producing like he has in the past, Jose Ramirez is, is like the, the one-star bat, uh, and he can't make up for all of the Indians' offensive woes. At the same time, uh, Shane Bieber, Zach Plesac, uh, Carlos Carrasco, Aaron Savalli, maybe Tristan McKenzie is a bit of a wild card. Uh, the, the pitching is a real strength for, for Cleveland, and we'll see whether or not that uh, can get them through in the playoffs with a lineup that uh, doesn't strike a whole lot of fear into opponents. At number three, San Diego Padres, a productive lineup. Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, Will Myers, all owning an OPS over 900 question is the pitching staff. Well, not so much the pitching staff, the health of the pitching staff. Uh, Dinoson Lamette, Zach Davies, Chris Paddock, and Garrett Richards uh, is a pretty good core. Uh, if they can get starts out of Mike Clevenger uh, and Lamette, uh, well, that could make a difference. But Clevenger and Lamette, uh, I guess, some questionable health status going into the postseason. Uh, and, you know, if they're both healthy, uh, the Padres could be as dangerous as any team. If they're both out, um, you know, suddenly San Diego's fighting a real uphill battle. Uh, and number two, the New York Yankees. Uh, this was a roundabout way to get here. Um, certainly if the rankings have been going uh, track throughout the season, I'm sure there were times that the Yankees would have been, you know, hovering in the 15 to 20 range because um, they, they really went through some hot and cold spells. Uh, but as the lineup got healthy down the stretch, they showed off their power uh, and won 12 of 18 uh, to finish the season and secure their playoff spot. Uh, Luke Voigt and DJ LeMay, who were the most productive Yankees this season, but 
you know, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, you know, those guys could have an impact in the playoffs. Uh, Garrett Cole, Masahiro Tanaka, J.A. Happ are a pretty solid one, two, three uh, in the starting rotation. It gets a little shaky after that. And that leaves our number one team, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, they're a 43-win team, uh, even with Cody Bellinger having an underwhelming season. Still, you got Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, Will Smith, Justin Turner, A.J. Pollock. The Dodgers can hit. Um, and then with Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, Tony Gonsolin, Dustin May, uh, Julio Urias, they can pitch too. Uh, though, I guess the wild card is what comes from a Clay- Clayton Kershaw playoff performance. We, we're not the, the first time around uh, with uh, the Dodgers coming into the playoffs with high expectations uh, and, I guess, a little bit of uncertainty uh, when those high expectations meet you uh, with Clayton Kershaw on the mound in the playoffs. So there you go. Those are my season-ending power rankings, and that'll do it for today. I'll be back Tuesday with matchups and DFS tips for the first day of Major League Baseball playoff action. Send me your questions. I'm at by Scott Cullen on Twitter. Show is at LO underscore Fantasy MLB on Twitter. If you want to send me an email, direct it to LockedOnFantasyBaseball at gmail.com. Find us, subscribe, and rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Now tell your smart device, play the most recent episode of Locked On Baseball. Stay safe and stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis.